Welcome to Alex Anderson's Quilt Connection, dedicated to educate, inspire, and grow today's quilting community. Hi, I'm Alex Anderson, and welcome to the Quilt Connection with episode number 90. I was hoping to get this down before I take off for Houston tomorrow, and it looks like it's going to happen. Yippee! I sound kind of snuffy. I'm not sick. Um, little inside dirt. I was sleeping with my cat last night and apparently uh, didn't agree with my allergies, so hopefully that'll all be gone by tomorrow morning when I wake up, as there's nothing worse than flying being congested. What I want to kind of talk about today is sort of, well, it's reminiscing. In going to Houston this year, you know, I'm so excited about getting the award, and I had to kind of do a retrospect or look back on my entire quilting career and share a little bit of, you know, how my journey has gone, et cetera, and of course in 20 minutes. Now that's a joke, but anyways, um, it got me thinking in the middle of the night when I woke up, um, about so many things that were going on in the Bay Area that perhaps, uh, you know, hugely affected my quilting journey 30 years ago. And I thought it might be fun to go over some of them. And for those of you that have been in the Bay Area and a quilter for that length of time, this will just bring back, you know, wonderful memories. And for those of you who are kind of new on the quilting scene, I think um, it's kind of interesting stuff. When I started quilting about 30 years ago, East Bay Heritage Quilters was the only quilt guild that was really around. And even at the time, I mean, it sported several hundred people. I, In my mind, I think that when I joined, there were, you know, 300, 400, and then quickly it rose to 600. I asked Mary um, and Roberta Horton, Mary Mashuda and Roberta Horton, on the road trip, which was the last episode of Series 200 of The Quilt Show, if there were, I think, like 600 people in that guild now, and she was like, oh, no, 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 probably about three or 400. But... This is what was so wonderful about East Bay Heritage Quilters. Its uh, home base is really out of Berkeley, but it reached at the time and probably still the same today, although there are a whole lot more guilds in the Bay Area, um, a radius, I'd say, of, you know, an hour. So it would dip into San Francisco, East Bay, Walnut Creek, North Bay, Pinal Vallejo. That's where I was from, South Bay, San Jose. And what was so great about East Bay Heritage Quilters was that they would bring in what I would say were the cutting-edge artists of the time. And so that means like, you know, Nancy Halperin, Ruth McDowell, um, Jenny Beyer. I mean, just all these people that were really paving the way of what we are enjoying today. And in in retrospect, I think it was mostly more art-oriented people. And Roberta said no, um, that it's a mix. And I guess that's true, both, you know, traditional and art, because I too have been asked to speak there. And, and I put myself more in the traditional category. Um, 
I like to say traditional innovative, but it just really pushed us as quilt makers. And way back in the day, they would have um, symposiums at Mills College. And it was really kind of the beginning for me of, you know, going away, taking teachers. And I can remember my dad had a quilt frame booth there. And he sat across the quilt of the demise of Sunbonnet Sioux. And for those of you who are not familiar with that quilt, and that one goes way back, um, it was different quilt people in the industry. Boy, I'd love to see that quilt now and see who the people were, would came up with ways that Sunbonnet Sue, um, well, was often off. And for instance, like she might be strapped to a railroad track or or one was like a snake and it had the, her inside the body of the snake. And one was her strapped to a rocket uh, going up into outer space. And my dad sat and watched this for the four days of this show at Mills College or this symposium and totally amused himself. Now, that quilt is way back in quilting history. And um, I don't know who owns it now. I have a guess, but I'm not sure. So um, East Bay Heritage Quilters really was a wonderful place for me to, you know, join right off the bat. And I think probably... I was a member within about the first year or so. And, you know, often now when I go out, I like to ask how many beginning quilters are in the room. And um, it makes my heart happy when you see 20 people in a room of 200 raise their hands. And one thing I like to encourage new quilters to do is to join a guild. And uh, if you're a new quilter or a quilter period, and you're not in a guild, I think you're really missing out on a wonderful opportunity to commune with people who are like-minded. And usually they bring in speakers and can offer workshops at, you know, really good prices. Uh, once a month, they'll, you know, have a meeting and, and, you know, depending on the size of the guild, of course, would dictate what it does. Um, for its program and a guild is not like a mini group. Uh, mini groups are spun off of guilds and those two are wonderful to be in. So back in the day, way back in the day, I was in a mini group along with being in East Bay Heritage Quilters. And I have to smile now because I was the young kid. I was in my mid twenties uh, with two babies underfoot and they were all in their fifties. And they really not only guided me along my quilting career, but they also guided me in the mothering of my children. And one such person who was in my mini guild who is still contributing to quilting today is Diana McClun, who wrote Quilts, Quilts, Quilts. And it's interesting how, you know, everything kind of comes around full circle. Um, Diana has a pattern company with Laura Nouns, and I taught for Diana way back in the day. But the month or half a year that I started quilting, I think you all pretty much know the story that I was um, in college and a unit short one month prior to graduation. So I, you know, finished a quilt that my grandma started in the 30s. John and I heard that there was a quilt show at the Mormon Temple in Oakland. So we jammed on over there. And for me, that was a life-changing moment. And it was because when I walked in that room, I realized that quilts could be viewed as art and hung as art. 
It was a quilt show. It was not a gallery show. But, you know, in my quest to be an artist with a degree in art and thinking I was going to be a weaver, um, I just connected with these quilts. Serendipitously down the road, I realized it was Diana McClun who was the curator who put on that show. Now, speaking of shows, something else that happened way back in the day was the Oakland Museum hosted a show called Quilts in Women's Lives, and it was curated by Julie Silber. And when you walked in, it started with the birth of a person and how quilts relate to that all the way through a woman's life to her death. The show was phenomenal. And back in the day, it was the highest attended, that's a word, highest attended show that the Oakland Museum had hosted to date. So that was yet another opportunity and venue to touch people's lives who are not perhaps quilters. You know, it's my quest to hook new quilters, if you haven't figured that one out yet with all my beginning books and all that. But I really know what quilting has meant in my life and to my life and the people that I've met and the experiences that I have had have all come about because of quilting. So I want to reach out and sort of speak past the thimble to the next person. Now, another thing that was going on in the San Francisco Bay Area that I think in retrospect was incredibly unique when you think about it was Esprit Clothing Company, Esprit Decor, had an Amish collection of quilts and Esprit was open to the public for you to wander through, not in large groups, but in groups of say two or three. The Esprit Corporate Headquarters was down, um, I think, off of Mission in San Francisco. It had burned to the ground, and when they rebuilt it, they built it so that it could host this incredible collection of Amish quilts. And this is, you know, back when the Amish quilts, as I spoke about them at the time, because they're not really like that now. They were all wool and they were diamonds and they were bar quilts and just incredibly graphic pieces that um, were just intricately stitched all over the place. And to give you an idea of these quilts, if this particular show was, or I don't, I don't even know what you call it. This collection was curated by Julie Silber. Well, Julie was also involved with a store, Mary Strickler's Quilts, up in the uh, San Rafael area, and they sold these quilts, not the Esprit ones, but wool Amish quilts. And I stumbled up, well, I didn't stumble upon anything. I sought these things out because I was crazed by quilting. I think you can understand that. And in this store, they were selling the quilts. This was before John and I owned a home and or even our first condo. There was a bar quilt. It was two colors gray with um, red cornerstones. And the asking price on this quilt was $7,000. And that was back in the day. 
And so it was like, okay, a down payment for a house or this quilt. And obviously I opted for a down payment for a house. But the other thing was, you know, when you acquire a quilt like that, there are certain responsibilities that come along with it. And I can't even imagine hosting a quilt that's out of wool. I mean, I just can imagine the moths, you know, having a heyday. In fact, um, I was in the... um, uh, Italy about four years ago, five years ago, when my daughter Adair was there for a year studying in college. And I found wool stores and some pretty awesome colors because these Amish quilts, these wools were so vibrant and so rich. And oh my gosh, the fabric was like about 70 bucks a meter, which we'll just say 70 bucks a yard. And I sat out um, actually outside the David statue and drew a quilt where I could purchase this fabric, come home and sew it and then quilt it. And I knew when it was all said and done, the fabric alone would run me several hundred dollars. And then I thought, well, now what am I going to do with this quilt? Because I've got to take care of it, you know, moths and all. So um, I opted not to do it. But I think back in those days, and there was so much going on in the San Francisco Bay Area. I was so lucky to be a part of it. Um, I can remember the first quilt show I was ever in, and it was our little group, another little mini group, actually, before the mini group with Diana was Four Winds out of Pinal, and we hosted a quilt show at a bank. And so if you're in a small rural town why not go to a local business facility and say, we'd like to host a quilt show. And I think if I remember correctly, it was up for a month or so and it brought business to their bank and it gave us a chance to show our work off. So that was pretty phenomenal. Um, so in thinking back of my, you know, 30 years of quilting, um, I had to go way back to the beginning and I'm, I'm so, grateful that um, I was in the Bay Area. I'm so grateful for the women that were around me. Oh, I can, another thing that happened, I was in another little mini group. And when Reagan got in office and the hostages were released, we made a quilt and sent it to Jimmy Carter. And in getting ready for the Silver Star um, lecture, I stumbled across the letter from Jimmy Carter, along with a picture of the quilt. So that is a memory that actually we have the thing in Houston, so people can see it in the display case. So that's really fun. Um, you know, I don't know where you are in your quilting journey. I don't know if you just started, you know, yesterday, or if you started 30 years ago, or perhaps you got it on me and it was 40 years ago. But I think it's fun to just kind of sit back and think about where you've been, the different places you were exposed to quilting experiences, and perhaps how they grew and crafted who you are as a quilt maker today. So I just wanted to share just some clips with you, mental clips, before we take off for Houston. And I'm going to ask Matthew if he can get this up in the next couple days. We will be there at the quilt show, and I believe we're in about the 500 aisle. That's what my dad told me. I went there to his house today, and he's got more information about this than me. And if you are a member of the quilt show, everybody's going to meet in the booth every day at about 1 o'clock, so everybody can connect. If you want to find out more about the quilt show, I do talk about it a lot on this. Come on over. 
And even if you just want to come over and say, hey, uh, I would love, love to see you. And uh, don't forget to check out the special exhibit. (laughs) I said to my son, now, my son and daughter have really never been to a show like this. And I said, now you're going to know what a marginal quilter your mom is. I mean, when you see the quilts that are, you know, Houston or any of these international festivals, it just kind of blows your mind. So because, um, yeah, mom, I know, I know. I've seen AIDS quilts and all that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this kid doesn't have a clue. Oh, and the other really great thing is that um, his wife, Shelley, is very artistic in her nature. And I can't wait to have her see what's going on in quilting you know the art aspect of it because my stuff is fairly traditional and um i told her we saw her this last weekend at a family graduation i said you know you might just become a quilter and she smiled so anyways um do stop by and see us if you're there and until we meet and we do get around happy quilting For more quilting information and inspiration, please visit us at alexandersonquilts.com.